Hosea chapter 6, if you're not already there, if you'll find your place there, if you're watching home or listening at home, turn your Bibles to Hosea chapter 6. Now, we will be looking at some other verses, but I think I'll probably just read it for you. You can write them down. Hosea chapter 6. Probably you don't hear much messages on Hosea. And probably you don't even think about it until you read your Bible through each year. You come to Hosea and you read the 14 chapters, and that's it. You don't even think about it. So it's kind of an obscure book, but it is part of the Bible. And so, you know, Hosea was a contemporary. That means he lived at the same time as the prophet Amos, which also has a book in the Bible. Now, we call these two guys minor prophets. Not that their message was minor, but the volume of their book. Amos is a very small book. Hosea is a very small book, about 14 chapters. And we think like Isaiah. He also lived during the time of Isaiah. We call Isaiah a major prophet because his book is 66 chapters. That would be a lot different than 14. So we call him, now his message was, and he lived at the same time as Hosea lived. And also the, the prophet Micah, he lived during his time and so Hosea's ministry continued after the first captivity of the northern kingdom. And if you read his Bible, his style is very abrupt. I wouldn't say he's rude, but he's right to the point. And he is figurative. Here in his book, Israel, God's people, his nation, is Jehovah's adulterous wife. who was repudiated by God in through the prophet Hosea, <clears throat> but ultimately to be purified and restored. Israel is God's chosen people. I wish we'd get that through to the president. That's, I don't mean to be political, but God says, if you bless my people, I bless you. If you don't, I don't. It's not rocket science. It slipped out. <laughs> Hosea's distinctive message here is summed up, I think, in his two words, lo ame, we'll read that in a minute, which means not my people, and ame, which means my people, speaking of the nation of Israel. The events in Hosea, this book, cover about 60 years. Now, the thing about Hosea, let me say this. The nation of Israel, God's people, God's chosen people, has been history historically in the Bible of this. They do good. They mess up. In my words, God whoops them. And they straighten out for a while. It's that simple to understand. You know what? Especially the Old Testament. They're like that over. It's like a kid. I got more than one whipping. Because I had to learn some stuff or I didn't learn the first time. And you know what? That's the same as the nation of Israel. Either they didn't learn or they learned and they got okay for a while, then they went back to their old ways. And so, you know what? God had to whip them. Now, he didn't take a big belt out of heaven. I got it with a belt. We didn't use paddles. We got belts. I think they hurt more because they wrap around your legs and leave welts. Now, let me say this. My parents did not abuse me. When you talk about paddling kids, people say, oh, abusing. You got to cushion anything in the back behind you. Do I need to explain that to you? You're sitting on it. <clears throat> so we're getting rid of the padded pukes. He's got enough pad. 
They did not abuse us, but I guarantee you, I got it. And sometimes I got it for the same thing. I said, why am I getting this again? I said, you dumbbell, you didn't learn the first time. What was wrong with Israel? They had a few dumbbells. And they knew what was right. They knew what God wanted to do, but they chose to go against it. So God had to straighten them out. Now God has interesting ways of chasing his people. And all of us in this room have been chased into one degree or another one way. It's not always the same way. But you know what? You know when you're getting it. When I got the whipping, I knew I was getting it. And I usually knew why. I didn't like it, but I knew. So Israel, here we find in a time in Israel's history when they're kind of being bad, if you will. And so we'll look at this here in just a moment, some of these verses, and we'll think of it in relation to today. <clears throat> look at Just turn back to chapter 1, same book. Let's just read a couple of verses to help us kind of set the feeling of, the, of what's going on here in case you don't remember Hosea. Hosea chapter 1 and verse 1. The word of the Lord that came into Hosea, the son of Beeri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. So the nation was somewhat divided. The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. In other words, God gave the word to him and he gave it to the people. That's kind of what the preacher's doing. This is God's word, it's not mine. And the Lord said to Hosea, Go take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms. Now, it's not a command for everybody to do this, by the way. And it is bizarre. It is bizarre. But God's told him to do this. For the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. God was going to use this as a graphic illustration. Brother, that's pretty graphic, isn't it? I think if I was old Hosey, I think we said, Oh, Lord, you know what you're... But he did it. So what do you do in verse 3? He thought about it for a while and he didn't do it. That's what we do. He went and took Gomer... Not pile. Can you imagine your daughter named Gomer? If you do, God bless you. That's a tough name. What's your daughter's name? It's Gomer. He took Gomer, the daughter of Diblium, which conceived and bare him a son. So at least nine months went by. And the Lord said unto him, this is God telling Hosea further, call his name Jezreel for yet a little while, and I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu, and will cause to seize the kingdom of the house of Israel. And it shall come to pass at that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. <clears throat> Verse 6. And she conceived again and bare a daughter, and God said unto him, Call her name Lo-Ruhamah, for I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel. What an awful thing to read, huh? But I will utterly take them away, but I will have mercy upon the house of Judah and will save them by the Lord their God and will not save them by bow, nor by sword, nor by battle, by horses, nor by horsemen. So look into chapter 6 now. We're going to read just verses 1 and 2. <clears throat> the title of the message this morning is Come... In return to the Lord. 
real simple. And I stole that title from Hosea. I didn't have to make that one up. Hosea chapter 6. Remember, he's talking to the people who they've had a graphic illustration of God said, you've went away from me and took, took in other gods. He said, come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn and he will heal us. He has smitten and he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Come and return to the Lord. You know, the Bible is a book of invitations. You think of the first invitation in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 7, and verse 1, where God told Noah, come into the ark. First invitation. The last one is Revelation 22, along about verse 17. That's the last one. Now, some invitations are from God and others from man throughout the Bible. Here, we have an invitation of a prophet to his people who he was ministering to, which is really God's people and really God's message. But he was a human representation. He calls for the people to return to the Lord. They didn't have to look up words he was saying. They got it. It was simple, very simple. It's simple today. The Lord's people will return, were supposed to be returning to the Lord. And this is a call, I think, in Hosea's part to personal and national revival. <clears throat> we need a call to revival today, personal and national. Now let's think for just a few minutes about Hosea's invitation. Remember, this is a part of the Bible then. Yes, it's historically happened, but it's part of the Bible. It's part of God's word that we have today, so it's value to us, even though it's a past historical event. In my opinion, I think it's very timely for today, which all the Bible is really, but this is really good. His invitation is an invitation to those who have known the closeness of the Lord. We use the expression, you have a friend, you say, we're, you go like this, we're close. And you know, maybe it's a brother, maybe it's a friend, and you say, we're really close, meaning you have constant contact, constant conversation, you're connected. Some people might even say, or you might say, you're joined at the hip, which to me is kind of mental, but anyway, you know, you're that close, you're close to somebody, and you know all about them. Now he said, we need to be close to the Lord. Are we like that with him? I'm afraid that many times we're not. In the case of the nation of Israel at this time, they were not only close to him, they were far removed. He said, you know what? You've, you've, you've committed adultery with me as your God. I'm your God and you're playing around with these other gods. And here's Hosea's living illustration of what you guys are doing. They all knew it was wrong, what, what Hosea, the situation there, as far as the relationship so, so everywhere he went and his wife went, can you imagine her going to Walmart? That's Hosey's wife. You know, her or his, I'm being kind. Because people do talk. You know what? They talked back then. They just didn't have a cell phone and a computer. But they still talked. And so he says, let's return. Return reveals that there had been a better time in the past before. Not now to them <clears throat> it was a time of close fellowship with the Lord they had that 
Now let me ask you a question to think to yourself this morning. Do you remember a better day, a time when Christ seemed closer than today, <clears throat> right now? May 23rd, 2021. I'm not going to say what time it is because people who watch the clocks are watching their watch anyway, which it doesn't matter. This very minute, a time when the joy of the Lord was more real. The Bible does say the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's not just a junior church song. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I think, it's my opinion, part of the reason, maybe a contributing part of the reason why we don't have enough strength, why Christians are so weak today. Not everyone, but many of them are so weak, they don't have any joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You don't have strength because you don't have his joy. Paul wrote to the church, I think, in Ephesus, said, I write that your joy may be full. That doesn't mean you go around with a silly smile on your face all day long. Joy comes from within. <clears throat> Maybe a time when prayer was more meaningful to you. Is it meaningful to you, or do you just, you know, go through the motions? Well, we've got to pray before we eat. Okay, I understand that. <clears throat> but how about personal prayer time? If the only time you pray is when you eat, you need to return to the Lord. <laughs> a time when church services were more exciting. Now, the problem with Bible preaching churches is we're not trying to entertain people. So if you come for entertainment, forget it. I read recently of a preacher of a very large church in a very different state from here, and he said, if you don't think society and culture has affected us, use regular light bulbs in the ceiling. Are you listening? Take away the special music. Have the preacher stand and give the word of God and see how that goes. It's a bad, no, ain't it the truth? No, I'm not saying we shouldn't have special music or any of that stuff. I'm just saying if you take all that junk away, people, it's all entertainment. It's, sometimes it's all entertainment and excitement. Now, church shouldn't be boring either. <clears throat> Someone said, if you don't strike oil in 30 minutes, stop boring. <clears throat> church services are exciting if you come with the idea of God. Would you speak to my heart today? I'm not the only one there. But would you say something to me? Isn't it strange how you come to church sometimes and the message, it's like, I know what you're thinking. I'm telling you, I don't. Now, sometimes I do. But I don't preach at particular people. I just preach. The Holy Spirit applies to the hearts. And people say to me, oh, Pastor, he goes, that's exactly what he hear today. I, that's exactly what he hear. I said, well, thank you and praise the Lord. Because I didn't know. So exciting is God speaking to your heart. And you know what <clears throat> I've often found? No, I've always found if I come with the idea for God to speak to my heart, somehow I always get something. Now, I might not get everything, but I get something that God spoke to me. We decide we can't swing from the chandeliers. We only have one. I'm not sure how much weight that will hold anyway, and I don't want to try it. Maybe it was the time when you cared more for souls, the souls of mankind, all of them, not just at mission conference when we're all excited about getting the gospel out to the world. That's important. But I mean the souls of mankind, of lost souls that you know, that I don't know. 
that may not ever come to church. You know, people don't go to church like they used to. This is 1955 anymore. That was a good year, though. People you work with, people in your family, lost souls. These people here in Hosea's time had left their first love. They didn't lose it. They left it. They had it, and they left it. It reminds me of a church in the Bible, in the book of Revelation. Let me just read these couple verses to you. It was the church at Ephesus. We have a book in the Bible called Ephesians. Paul was writing to that church and those people. But in Revelation, by the way, they were doing good when Paul wrote them when he wrote the book. But now I come to Revelation years later, it says this. Unto the angel of the church. The angel is the messenger or pastor of the church. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write. These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience. And how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, verse 3, and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. These are all positive things. So now he gets to the negative. Nevertheless, verse 4, Revelation 2, he's talking to the church at Ephesus. The people, not the building, because they didn't have a building, I don't think. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. In other words, they did it on their own. And repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick, meaning its place of influence, out of his place, except thou repent. That's kind of what's happening here in Hosea's day. Oh, it's a little different on the specifics, but that's the gist of it. And so God says, you better repent or you're going to have trouble. So Hosea says, but I need that paper. Hosea said, let's return to the Lord. Like so many Christians today, they have left their first love. They didn't lose it. They left it. Now, there are a lot of things that will take our love and attention. And I'm not going to go on to that today, but they're not always bad things. They take our time, our attention, our love. So be careful. You know, the Bible says this in the book of Matthew chapter, let's see, 20. 24 and verse 12, it talks about the last days there in chapter 24. You know what, what verse 12 says? <clears throat> Listen carefully. Because iniquity shall abound. That's not the end of the verse. Now, you're intelligent, watch this, and good-looking people, even those of you who are watching at home, you're good-looking, intelligent, and smart too. I'm not stupid. Be, would you be convinced? Would you agree with me? And if you don't, I really don't care. But I know you're smart enough. Do you think iniquity is abounding in our world, in our nation, in our state, in our country? The rest of the verse is this. 
because iniquity shall abound, the love of many. I hate that word, many. The love of many shall wax cold, not become cold overnight. Wax cold means it takes it a while to get there. I hate that verse. I hate that. Well, I, let me explain what I mean. I don't hate the, the Bible, but you know what? I'm a pastor. That's my job. My job is a spiritual job. Oh, I know we do other things, but, our, but it's a spiritual calling. And you know what? That verse is absolutely true in 2021. And one of the things that breaks a pastor's heart is that he's in his own people. And sometimes I can see, I, I know I can see where they're going. I'm going, sometimes I want to say, you're going the wrong way. But you know what? Most of the time they don't listen. <clears throat> so that's what was going on here. These people were going the wrong way. Did you ever go the wrong way on a road? Now, when I first moved to Maslin, this is a true story. I was at 21 in Walmart on that. I didn't know what I was doing. I had a brand new car. I was 17 years old. It was all paid for cash. I was so excited. I was at the light of Walnut at 21. I went up the wrong side of 21. And I'm driving along. I'm going, looks kind of funny in this lane. Lucky I didn't get killed. I turned the car around. I said, I think I'm, in the, I'm going the wrong way. I was going the right way, but I was on the wrong side of 21. So it was scary. Some people are going the wrong way. Did I didn't even know it was going the wrong way. I mean, what person in their right mind is going to go the other side of 21? For that moment, I was not in my right mind. I think I am today a little better. <clears throat> but what I'm saying is people don't know they're going the wrong direction until they get there or get hurt in the process. That's what God is, God is kindly saying. Well, and Hosea is kind of taking it and saying, okay. God's saying, you know what? You're going the wrong way. We need to return to the Lord. It's an invitation also to those who have felt the chastening of the Lord. <clears throat> have you ever felt the chastening of the Lord? We all have, if you be honest. And the Bible says, it tells in Hebrews 12, 6, Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And the next word, like, and scourgeth every son. Believe you me, I've said, I've got, I got weapons when I was a kid. I remember them. I can almost feel them if I think about it. And then they went to the drawer where the belt was. My brother and I, we, a couple times we tried to hide the belt so they couldn't find it. They'd find another one. How stupid we are as kids, huh? Said, oh, let's, Marty, let's hide the belt so maybe we won't get it. Never worked. I remember the sting. I remember the feeling. I remember them being upset with me for doing something wrong. And you remember that also. Also, maybe the verbal when they'd say, you shouldn't have done this. Now, it's, they weren't abusive, but you know, when you're told you're doing something wrong, how many like to be told you're wrong? If you raise your hand, we're going we're gonna to rock, we're going to stone you. Nobody likes to be told they're wrong, even a two-year-old. Mama! Where do they get that? From their mother's side. <laughs> Nobody likes to be told they're wrong, so in one sense, it's mental. I'm wrong. When I'm up, I don't know if I ever told that story to anybody on 21 except till today. I just kept it to myself because I don't people think I'm stupid. That might have been the first time I told it, but it really happened. Like it's on my mind. I can't get rid of it. But I felt stupid, and God protected me. So it's verbal, 
It could be emotional. You know, some kids, when I say kids, when children are at home, you just look at them, they start crying. Are you with me? You don't have to say anything. You just look at them. They, they know they're guilty. They know what's going on. And they're like, emotional. they start crying. Oh, I'm so sorry, Dad. I'm so sorry, Mom. The verses here that we read in verse, in verse 1, he hath torn. He hath smitten. Who is he? God. God has smitten them. God has torn them. He is the one. He's doing it. He's our heavenly Father. And he's talking to these people. It doesn't give all the specifics of all that was going on in all their individual lives. But you know what? When they heard Hosea say this, they knew it. These are very harsh words concerning the work of God. These people say, I, these people say, oh, God is love. God is love. Yes, he is. I remember getting in a fight with a public school teacher about this once because I was quoting, she may just write some stupid paper, you know, teachers. And so Mark Jacobs said, you know what? I'm going to write my paper. I'm going to put what I want in it. So she's, she wrote on the, in public school, she wrote the verse on the board, God is love. So I went to like second, first Thessalonians, the guys revealed in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel. Boy, she gave me a big red, she didn't like it, big red with a pencil. Hey, God is love, but he's also God of wrath. God tore these people. That's what it says in verse 1. God smote, I'm using the past tense, God smote these people. And by the way, let me say this in parentheses. They brought it on themselves. When I got weapons at home, I don't think I ever got a wrong weapon. Matter of fact, I probably should have got a few more. A couple of them we skated by, you know. Me and Marty would think of stuff, oh, we're going to get out of this one. And we didn't remind my dad when he came home from work. You know, your mother, I said, wait till your dad gets home. We never reminded her. We're not stupid. We were hoping she'd forget. Half the time she did. So we just smiled and kept our mouth shut. <clears throat> God is a God of love, but there's a point where God says, you know what, that's it. I don't know where that is in a person's life, and I'm not the assistant Holy Spirit, but I believe I've seen Christian people, God has said to them, you know what, you're at the end of your rope. That's it for you, buddy. And he takes them. Why would God bring trouble to his children? We chastens those he loves. I refer to Hebrews 12, 6. Just like your parents used to say, oh, I'm doing this for your good. And you're thinking, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm doing this because I love you. That's the one I hated the most. Yeah, right. So if you love me, quit whacking me. There was no such thing as one whack. I mean, it was a multiple. And the matter they got, the more you got. So we just tried to you know, take it and go on. <clears throat> you see, to these people, sin had become a way of life for these people. Just look across the page to chapter 4 and verse 1 and 2. Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because, here's the why, there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Does that sound kind of familiar to our land today? By swearing... And lying, 
and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out and blood touches blood. Wow. Question, are you toying with temptation? Yielding to its call? Giving in to it, saying yes. Now, all of us have given invitation. If you haven't given, if you say, I've never given invitation, we're going to shoot you too. Because you're lying in church. But we don't have to give in to temptation. God has provided us a way to escape. We don't always take it. So these people were in that situation. And when we toy with temptation, you're living dangerously. Return to the Lord before something happens. He will chastise you, those he loves. If you're his, if you're saved, he'll chastise you. And all he does is his business. Sometimes it do hurt, though, doesn't it? <clears throat> but you know how to avoid getting a whipping? Chastisement? Don't mess up. Do what he says. Same with your parents. They'd say, if you do what I say, you wouldn't get this whipping. Yeah, right. But they were right. So we try not to do it next time. We, do, we invent stuff to do, get different whipping for different things we do. I think kids are a lot like adults sometimes. We're just bigger it's also an invitation to backsliders to come back to the Lord. You know, in general, the word backslide means going back. Real deep, huh? Backsliding. Going back. To the old life, to the old ways, to where you used to be. Spiritually, when we backslide, it means our standing with God. Not our state, but our standing has changed Remember Jesus said in John 10, 28, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Jesus said that. It's either true or it's not. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand, so it's eternal once you get it. So your state, you're eternally saved, but your standing may change. These people, their standing with God was not, they were God's people, the Israel, God's chosen people. God didn't turn his back on them, even today. He's going to use them during tribulation. But he didn't turn his back on them in the sense of they're not his. He didn't say, well, I don't want you, want you anymore. They're still his people, but their standing is not good. When you're getting whippings by your parents, do you think your standing is not good? It's probably not the good time to ask for an increase in your allowance. Now, you're still their son or their daughter. And they would say that. Well, you're still my son. That's why you're getting this. Yeah, right. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Mom. <clears throat> she did most of the whipping. I don't know if she enjoyed it or not, but anyway. <clears throat> to the backslidden. When we were backslidden from the Lord spiritually, we lose fellowship. We also are in the process of losing reward. Did you ever read 1 John where he said that you would receive a full reward? That means it's possible you may not get a full reward. I may not get a full reward. We lose our usefulness to the Lord. Paul was so afraid that he would be put on the shelf as a castaway. And in time, in some cases, it may cause death. 1 Corinthians 5.5 5 and 1 John 5.16, God may take your life. Wow, very unpleasant. But the invitation is to come back to the Lord from God to Isaiah, excuse me, Hosea to Hosea to the people. It says in the verse, come 
and he will heal us. The same one who tore in us and had smitten us will heal us. That's God. That's why he's God. That's why we worship him. He will, he will bind us up. What good news. God loves us in spite of our backsliding. Now, he doesn't like our backsliding, but he loves us in spite of it. <clears throat> he will revive us. He'll raise us up. We'll live in his sight. Return to the Lord while you have time. Well, you have time to do so. You never know when your time's up. None of us do. It doesn't matter what your age is. People die of all ages all the time. Jesus is coming. I'm getting a... This is personal. We'll say it anyway. I'm getting a little tired of everybody saying, Oh, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming because of all stuff going on. And the very ones that say that to me, I want to say to them, and I might the next time, Why don't you live like it? Because everyone that says that to me is not living like it. I shouldn't say everyone. Most everyone. Oh, Pastor, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. And they're not even in church. No, they're not COVID conscious. They don't have, I understand all that stuff. We love you and I understand all that. They're sitting at home. On their cushion. In their natural cushion. Tell me Jesus is coming. I'm thinking, you're talking to the wrong person. And if he's coming... Better straighten up and fly right. We all would agree he's coming. Then why is the love of many waxing cold? Why, wait a minute. Why is your love waxing cold? You'll have to answer that yourself. Yep, he's coming. You're right. It's a true statement. Christ was torn and smitten for us. He was raised and lives to revive us, revive you today. Come to him and he'll restore your soul. Remember in Psalm 23, we read this Part of the verse, along about verse 3. He restoreth my soul. Psalm 23, verse 3. He restores your soul. Come and let us return to the Lord. You know, our nation, and I just want to say a couple things. I could go on, but I'm starting to get hungry myself. Our nation, you know what? They need those people that live in Washington, excuse me, that, can I say work? I'm not sure. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sure there are some good people there. I really are. But our nation, needs, the president needs to say, you know what? We need to return to God. That's our problem. Oh, yes, we have multiple. You know what? We have all these problems. This is so simplistic. And the politicians would say, that's not the reason. Yes, it is. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the one of this Bible. So if you're not, he's not the Lord, you're not blessed. Isn't that hard? So our nation needs to return to the Lord. But you know what? You're not going to straighten them all out. And you yourself cannot turn our nation back to God. Now, you should pray about it. And you should make your voice known. Hey, I, you can email your representatives now. And they respond. one of them came up a couple weeks ago, a point about the you know, different things that come up. The Equality Act. It's not equality. So I called my guy up. I know his name. Of course, he didn't answer the phone. But he took all, I said, I'm against it. Don't vote for it, blah, blah, blah. He actually responded to me with an email. So I'll give him credit for that. The point is, 
I don't think that's going to save our nation per se. But I'm not going to stop calling them and emailing them. Don't vote for this. I don't like it. Especially around November, they all, the politicians all get nervous. They would lose their cushy job. You know how much those guys make? You know what their, what their expense account is? Maybe they should go on unemployment. Next. <clears throat> the point is you can't change this nation by yourself. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying to go live like the devil and forget everything. Enough people are doing that. But you can control you, the individual. You see, Hosea was talking to the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. But it was individuals that could respond. And if the individuals of the nation responded, the nation thereby would respond. Remember also in 2 Chronicles, that, that verse we hear quoted all the time, 2 Chronicles 7.14, it starts out, if my people. And then God says, you know, if we'll call on his name and repent, turn from our wicked ways, he'll heal our land. Well, that was to another time in their history when they were being bad again. But it's appropriate for us today. And so you individually... I'm not really worried. I mean, I'm concerned about things, but I'm not worried about it. I'm worried about what this guy does. I can kind of control this guy with the help and grace of God. And you can control yourself either by the help and grace of God. But if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. Say, now, Lord, would you lead me? The Bible says in John, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God, proof of salvation. So I'll just take them up on it. And so we can control ourselves if we want to. The love of many shall wax cold. They're saying, I don't want God to control me. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. It's not just uh, teenagers or the people. It's all, all Christians if we're not careful. I don't want God to tell me what to do. You don't. You know what? These people were saying by their actions. I don't want God to tell me what to do. He said, oh, yes, you do, buddy. That's my paraphrasing commentary. Come and let us return to the Lord. Let's get back where we, where we need to be. The final thought is this. This is so succinct, it scared me. Let me just read part of this verse. You can write it down. 2 Chronicles, which is not always a super exciting book. but This is really good and real appropriate. This is my last thought. 2 Chronicles chapter 15 Verse 2 in the middle. If you got nothing else of what I said today, get this. Second Chronicles 15 to verse 2. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. Isn't that hard to understand? Second Chronicles 15, 2. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. You could go down through the rest of the chapter, but I just like those few verses right in the middle. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. Isn't the Bible hard to understand? It's so hard. Actually, it's so simple. People stumble over it. Whosoever shall call the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's simple. It's, all I got to do is call his name, ask him to save you. It's simple. Oh, you need to repent. And so this morning, come and let us return to the Lord. These people are long gone. The people that are alive and reading it today are you and me. And I'm saying it's in the general sense, but maybe in an individual sense. The Lord is with you while you be with him. You don't be with him, he don't be with you. 
It's about that simple. Let's stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed for just a moment. Good old Hosea. What a neat little book. Just a few thoughts this morning. Maybe you need to return to the Lord in the sense of praying. Other than breakfast or lunch. Maybe you need to return to the Lord. Maybe you were, in January you were reading your Bible real well and all of a sudden you said, well, other things got you sidetracked. Maybe you were telling others about Christ, but you need to return to that. <clears throat> Maybe you need to return to holy living. Father, speak to all of our hearts. Thank you for this true story of these people, your preacher who gave your word, and Lord, certainly, in principle today, what Isaiah said years ago would be appropriate for us today. We do pray for our nation, for our leaders, we will return to God as a nation. And yet, Lord, I pray for individual people you know their heart, they know their heart, that may need to return to you in some form or fashion. Speak to every heart. Speak to one that can't return to you because they don't know you as personal Savior. We pray in Jesus' name. With the, Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, penis begins to play. God spoke to your heart today. Do you need to return to the Lord in some way? Maybe you need to take just a moment and come to the altar and just pray for a minute, go back to your seat, whatever it would be while we wait just a moment come and let us return to the Lord he'll be with you if you be with him while we wait just a moment turn your eyes upon Jesus that's the song she's playing It's basically saying the same thing as the message, really. All right, we'll bring your invitation.